everyone. Once again, this is my chat with Vivian Bell. We are still continuing our conversation in regards to finances this month. And we have our final guest with us today. And y'all, I hope I don't mess up your name. I hope that's exactly what it is because I always have an issue with your name. But we're so excited to have you here with us today. And we want you to introduce yourself to our audience and let them know a little bit about yourself and what you do and so forth. Okay, um, uh, first and foremost, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to be on the platform. Um, like Vivian said, my name is Yao Boache uh, Widya. Uh, I'm an accountant at a bank called UMB Fund Services in uh, Kansas City. Uh, and my position is I'm an, I'm an accountant. Uh, we do back office work for uh, hedge fund clients. Uh, these are your clients that are looking for alternative uh, investments in terms of hedge funds and private equity. So we basically do the accounting work. Uh, we don't necessarily give any investment advice, but we do deal with producing the profit and loss on the investments and report it for them on a periodic basis, whether it be monthly or quarterly. So I've been at that bank for about uh, nine years now. I do enjoy what I'm doing. Um, it's very related to uh, some, you know, personal finance that we, you know, people do in terms of budgeting and forecasting. So there are some things you can take from it uh, to apply to your personal life. So it does give me a good balance, uh, you know, from a personal and a career uh, perspective. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So when you say um, forecasting and budgeting, what exactly are you saying? What what does it mean to, for forecasting when it comes to a person? You said a personal um, investment, or is this company wide investment? Yeah. So these are these are basically company wide investments. So what I, what I mean by forecasting that would be your uh, personally your budget. So what we what we have we have um, expense reconciliation. Um, responsibilities that we have for some of the funds that we service. So we look at to make sure that we are, we're within line of allocating enough, uh, you know, money or, or balances to different expenses that we have to pay in the funds. So some of the funds have audits that they have to pay. They have to pay us, which is the admin fees that they pay. So in a sense, what we do is we forecast for the, the whole year, which will be January all the way through um, December. And then from a personal standpoint, if you are building a budget for yourself, you want to do the same thing. You want to start from the beginning of the year to the end so you get to see the whole picture and to make sure that you're allocating your, your necessary expenses to each category accordingly. Mm -hmm. So are you um, proposing that the budget when um, we do our personal budget that we do one for over a year or do we go month to month? So you can go about it one of two ways. Some, some individuals like it, you know, broken down little by little. So you can do month to month. I, I personally do month to month. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, I've been doing it for a while, so I kind of know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Then there are others who like to see the big picture from the beginning. And you do it, you know, throughout the whole year. So you know uh, what, what you're working with entirely. And that way you keep yourself in line. But you know, if you're a beginner and you don't want to you know, get lost in, you know, in the weeds, you can do it month by month. So it's not too tasking on, on, um, on mm -hmm. what you're doing. Right. And, and when we budget, when we make a budget, 
explain to our listening audience what are the things that we need to make sure is in the budget because most times we tend to forget little things and they add up after a while and we are wondering why can't i balance my budget yeah so the first thing you want to do is you do want to be you know not fearful of putting everything down so the first thing about it is there's two meanings to fear fear is either you face everything and run or you face everything and rise so want to put I love that yeah so you want to put everything down and and make sure you don't think of it emotionally but logically so everything that you're spending on whether it be you know tv expenses food even miscellaneous things should be included because it's basically your your financial health on paper and you know the best the best notion of health or the best notion of wealth is health if you're not healthy you can't be wealthy so you want to put everything down that you're spending on even if you don't like it you know it gives you a better picture and you can accurately know what is going on so you're not surprised at the end of the day so whatever expenses you have from the utilities rent mortgage cell phone car insurance you know even if you're going on a on a trip you know you want you want to add that in the budget as well because you want to know what am i going to expense over the period of time so when you come back home you look at your account and there's something to smile when you when you come back from your vacation and what percentage i know we had a former guest who says that we should put away 10% of our income towards savings to ourselves what what would you say would you agree with the 10% or um yes i i agree with the 10% but i think for any you know depending on um the audience young or old it's always important to save as much as you can 10% is the rule of thumb uh that you can put away so for example let's say you know and savings comes in different forms so if you're working and let's say you uh you have you're contributing to a retirement account for example if you get promoted you know increase your contribution rate that's another form of savings if you get an annual increase you know increase your your rate again that's another form of savings so even even before that disposable income comes in you can save the 10% but you know you can also save at the gross rate when you have any you know bonuses or whatever you know put your bonus away if you can mm-hmm. um when they give you opportunity if you do if you do get a bonus that is so those are those are different techniques you can use um if you do have uh that kind of thing and then on top of the 10% I, I would say diversification you know um you know there are different savings accounts out there uh some of them depending on um the interest rate of course because the fed has slashed interest rates so you're not getting too much but there's also mutual funds that are out there that help index funds are a good another good place to save mm-hmm. so if you have a little just a little bit extra on that 10% you can put it in those funds and uh, be as diverse as you can thank you that that that's pretty good that's pretty good so i I'm, I'm going to go back to what you mentioned about you know your budget and i think one of the important things is not just to make the budget and look at it but you follow the budget right right because right. a lot of times it looks pretty you put it up i've made the budget but you're not following it and you're not going back at the end of the month to see you know where did i go wrong where did i under budget what areas did i under budget and what areas did i over budget so you can have a more balanced um thing what what's your opinion on that um yes yeah, so sometimes 
you know, budgeting can be um, a little bit of a, of a tough uh, responsibility to have. Um, so, you know, sometimes what's important is, you know, talk to other people who are budgeting. Think of it like, you know, going to the gym. You know, if you have a group of you who are, you know, gymming or you, you are, you're meeting up every so often, you know, let the budget be a conversation of interest in your, your daily undertaking with some of your friends because it makes it easier. You know, we're not, we're not in the race alone, you know, walking to, you know, financial freedom. So, you know, involve yourself with people who are doing like things like you. I mean, mm -hmm. I know people who do couponing, you know, there's a couponing group, you know, there's a budget group. So, you know, create that. So it keeps you on task. And at the end of the day, it also, it also pushes you to go further. Because, you know, I remember mm -hmm. when I was in college, we used to compete with people who were like in science, you know, other, other uh, majors for, you know, who's going to get a 4.0. Well, regardless of whether you know nursing was harder than business, the fact of the matter is the the goal is to get those grades. And in this case, you know, surround your people, surround yourself with people who are you know who want to you know save money and, and live a better life, and that will help you keep on track, uh, you know, individually and personally as well. That's 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 very good advice because you know iron sharpens iron. Another way. Yeah. Basically, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. And in my country. Um, they would say birds of a feather flock together. Flock together yep, yep, right. yep. So absolutely, that is so good, so good. Yeah, and if a person now say, okay, um, I don't really have people who think like me and I don't really have, you know, I want to get out of debt. I want to able to start a budget. What would be the first thing you tell them to do um, I don't have people around me who's thinking the same way. My 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 finances is a mess. Where would you tell them to start first? So the first the first thing I would say is how how dedicated um, are you to the goal of um, getting rid of the debt? Uh, that's one thing you have to you know look at. Is you've lived you've lived this long or however period of time, you know nothing is changing. But if you if you move into something giving yourself a time frame, right? So if you have, you know, let's say you want to save maybe, you know, $1,000, you save, okay, for the first six months, let me focus on, on saving. And then if you have debt, then I'll put, you know, the rest of the six months, let me allocate it to some, you know, different pieces of debt or the, the, the tiniest one or something. But the most important thing is to, is to get going, get on the bike. Otherwise, you know, if you don't get on, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get anywhere and you, and you have to not think of it as something spectacular. I mean, well, I mean, saving is a good thing in general, but it's not something because you don't have a business background or you, you don't, you're not good with money in the beginning. Doesn't mean you can't be good with money in the end. It's all about starting, you know, put, you know, putting yourself, get your, you get yourself organized, put things together and, and then just get to work and roll up your sleeves. Yeah. Are there any particular tools, for example, I know of there is this um, budgeting tool called Every Dollar, I, I think is the name of it. Or what are some tools that you recommend that our audience could use to help them make this budget and um, or account for every area of their life? Yeah, um, so... Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of um, apps out there and uh, different uh, different things people can use. Like like you just mentioned, everyday dollar. And there are a lot of um, 
I know personal bank accounts that do also offer budgeting uh, services as well that are free. Um, but you can't go wrong with you know using um, an Excel sheet. And the, and the reason why I say that is when you personally write these you know write these things down, it's like a personal love letter, right? You when you put it down on paper, you see it firsthand, and it's it's right in front of you, telling you, look, yeah, what you're doing or what you need to do is this. Sometimes when you're using an app, it's good because someone else is doing it for you. You may not get to see essentially what needs to be done. So before, I would say, before you actually go into the app, if you can get on Excel, if you can't get on Excel, maybe put it on Word, but you know, int you know, interact. This is probably a good time to get one-on-one -on -one with your finances and maybe even learn Excel if you don't know it. So that way it's, it's right there in front of you. Then if you want, you can move to the, you know, the everyday dollar and all those automatic apps out there. But I would suggest that put it down on paper. That's probably the best thing you can do uh, mm -hmm. before you, you know, you outsource it to another, you know, another entity to take over for you. I like how you said it's a love letter because I guess you can tell your real accountant <laughs> because you love those things. But all of us don't like doing all that stuff. So it's not a love letter to us, but we want to get there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, um, with individuals who basically um, now they have a budget, they structure themselves to, they have like, you know, basically the banks don't give you that much interest. So therefore you want to move on to investment and therefore um, to get a, you know, better, what, what do you call it? Um, egg, you know, whatever you call it. So what would you tell those individuals? I know you do investments also. So from the point when you budget and then you're moving now to the investment, what would you say they should look for and how much do you think they should be saving or whatever to get a better nest egg? Uh, so the, the, next, the next step after you know, establishing your, you know, your, your personal savings account, uh, another investment would be uh, mutual funds or, or which come in different forms. They're basically portfolios of different uh, stocks and you know bonds and uh, short-term interests and all those different things. So they, they are good in a sense that they are not um, expensive to invest in. So if you wanted to put in about you know 5K, 10,000 to start off, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that amount, but I would say if the budget allows for an extra cushion, because the budget is the one that's going to let you know what extra you have to put away on top of uh, the 10% or so that you're putting away. Um, so the first one would be the mutual funds. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people enjoy the stock market. Uh, I'm sure you've been hearing how the stock market is hot, but um, if you don't want the bouncing around of the stock market, mutual funds or index, fund, index funds are pretty good uh, investments. Um, people have kind of retired early off index funds because they are less risky. And they, you know, they help give you a good wide of diversification without having to be in, you know, directly impacted by the stock market. And what is mutual funds and in, um, what's in, uh, in, in mutual funds fund. and index funds? Yeah. Index. I never heard of index funds. What yeah. So this, so this guy, so mutual funds, what they are a pool of, of, uh, think of it as a bunch of stocks in one portfolio or one fund. So you may have, say, for example, you know, like Netflix, Microsoft, you may have like a communication 
sector, you may have a banking sector, you may have uh, finance, but they're all in one fund and you buy the fund at one price, as opposed to buying a stock like Walmart, which is probably, I'm not sure what the, how much, let's, let's say Intel, for example, a lot of people know Intel, it's $60 on the stock market right now. But if you go with a, with a mutual fund, you can buy a wide array of stocks as opposed to just one. And some people do both. Some people have, you know, stocks, mutual funds, and then those who don't want, you know, the heartache of seeing, you know, the sinking up and down of, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the chart going up and down, they'll go to index funds, which are safer because they just want to track a certain sector of, of, of the market and not have to see the bouncing around, you know, when they're looking, look at their charts. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. And then of course, if you have retirement uh, through your, you know, your employer, or if you have, you know, you're a business owner, you get an IRA or something, that's another place to put money um, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mutual funds, in other words, your funds are, your, your investment is diversified. Right. And index fund, it's like a single entity. Yeah. So they, yeah, they're a single entity, mostly tracking uh, what you call the, the performance, the performance tick of certain stocks. So you're not necessarily invested in, in uh, one particular stock, but you're, you're invested in a particular sector that's tracking the market. So like the S&P 500 or any, any standard that's on the market, you're tracking that specifically without having too much exposure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Thank you. So no um, I, I just want to go ask a million dollar question and um, why is finance so important well to understand especially in this economy and especially as a minority group um it's so in terms of that question um the, the thing about it is that finance has has many um grassroots so and some of it is also about passing, you know, passing of the knowledge, right? Um, it's more of like, uh, you know, institutional knowledge or generational knowledge, should I say, of passing. So part of, part of the issue is that if you don't see, you know, like say your parents or, you know, older brother or sister acting on it, you won't know. And if you're not told, you know, it's not that you're being ignorant, but you just don't have any awareness of um, you know how to go about doing you know doing certain things within finance, and again and again sometimes it's not romantic, right? Even though I say there's no romance without finance, it's not it's not a, a romantic thing to do if you're not <laughs> in the discipline, right? So it's it's all about you know passing the knowledge on. Um, you know when you look at the stock market on TV, it's just so many different numbers on the TV. You know they're saying so many different things. And you, you probably need you probably need someone or some form of medium to break it down so it's a little bit less complicated because you know of course it gets a bit complicated as time goes by but it's also the way you know the way it's you know communicated or how it's you know transmitted to people that it's like oh it's, it's too much I'm I, you know, I can't do this <laughs> you know so it's always good to have somebody who's a mediator can break it down or find a form of, you know, some sort of literature that makes it easier to understand. So when you hear it, you can process it a little bit better. 
And then of course, as, as time has gone by, we do have, you know, more information in terms of the internet. You do have a lot of like a podcast like this is helpful because, you know, people are looking for alternative ways to get information easier and more clearer, right? So, you know, there are different podcasts out there, including this one that does break it down. So you can be like, oh, you know what? That's, that's kind of interesting. The way he or she, you know, laid, you know, broke it down for me. So, I mean, me personally, I had parents who, I won't say they taught me directly, but they, they, they acted upon it. You know, they did certain things where I'm like, you know what, even if I don't get an inheritance, I know what I'm, you know, what I'm striving to get because they, they, they have it. So, you know, parents, you know, brothers, sisters who are, who are listening, you know, just, you know, walk and talk it. Um, that's the best thing I can say is that, you know, you can pass knowledge directly and you can pass it indirectly because, you know, you have people watching you. So if you speak it, you know, people will, will hear it. You act upon it they will see it and then and when and when you have the results they'll believe it mm, i like that very good thank you wow we've been learning a lot of different things when it comes to finances these days <laughs> this month yeah. you know like you talking about the love affair <laughs> and i think our last person she was like you have no choice you need to do this you know and yeah. certain things like that when it comes to seeing people's view on how they view finances because you making it seem like it's a romantic thing and more a simple thing and to to learn it and to make it easy for yourself that you can understand it, which is good. And right. I guess basically when we do come to the understanding of it, then we won't be fearful because a lot of us are fearful when it comes to finances. Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. that word finances, or right, finance, right. you know, um, it's something that we're afraid of. But, but what do you tell people when they're faced with that, when they say, you know, I don't want to deal with finances. I don't want to deal with budgeting. I don't want to have to do all of this stuff. What do you basically tell them besides it being a good thing? Okay, well, I, I tell them that, you know, you know, numbers, numbers are our friends. Um, they're not, they're not intended or created to hurt you. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a story that's being told life. Um, one that, you know, when you, when you look at it, it's something that is critical. And, and it's essential, right, to, to your well-being. So, you know, I, I do understand that sometimes it is hard, you know, it is hard to, you know, engage with, you know, finance or budgeting, but, you know, it's not as bad, it's, it's not as bad once you, 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 you get the perspective correctly, right? Because sometimes it's like we throw all these things at people, like, hey, you have to budget, you have to save money, you know, all these different things. But when you, when you give them, you know, the long-term, the long-term view of what you're doing, right? There's there's a there's a big implication because, you know, what what I personally do does affect my community because, for example, if I decide to open a business, right? You know, I am helping not only myself, but I'm also helping people around me. So those who are seeing what I'm doing, and that comes from, of course, budgeting and all these different things. So it allows you to, you know, to be expansive, you know, to travel the world, influence other people. So it goes a long way from just being afraid of, you know, I have to put this in place. But you, you know, you do a lot of good um, from from all these different things. And when and when you're living, you know, well and beyond, you know, within your means, you you have a happier life as well, right? You wake up fresh, you know, like the sunlight, even though it's cold outside. You know, you feel you just feel good. Your whole mood is is quite different. So you know, it's it's quite important that you have not only peace, but you, you know, you have, you know, just a peace of mind, which you can't, 
place any value on at the end of the day. I don't think there's any investment that you could get that, you know, once you have peace of mind could say, yeah, that's, you know, it's a higher return than any investment out there that you could make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll start off with peace of mind. You know, if you, if you want peace of mind, <laughs> that's, what you're, that's what you have to engage in. That's what you have to invest in. Okay, okay, I hear you, loud and clear. So, you know, nowadays, most jobs, when you get employed, they do not offer much in terms of a 401k. And a number of jobs that are available are that the minority population find themselves having our jobs without benefits. So when you have a 401k, you, they, it helps you to save. What would you say to those who do not have that available for them? Um, so, and yeah, I know, I know sometimes that can be um, rather, rather a bit of a, an issue. Um, but usually what I, what I suggest is there are um, companies out there that do offer, uh, you know, individual IRAs, Roth IRAs out there that they can get into. Um, mm -hmm may not be provided by uh, the employer. So the, good, the benefit about that is, you know, you don't face the, the taxes because, you know, it's, it's at the disposable level. So you get into, you know, companies that will be able to provide you with that. Um, there are a couple out there. Uh, sometimes even your local banks do have, uh, or the bank that you're banking with do have uh, provide individual retirement accounts that people can get into. Mm -hmm. and just make sure it's, it's well balanced uh, in terms of allocation, which is, which is another topic within, uh, within um, a retirement plan. Okay. okay. And as you mentioned, IRA, what's the difference between, and you could explain it for our audience, between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA? Yeah, so usually you have the option of having um, traditional Roth, uh, one being that if you don't want, you know, if you want to put as much money away as you can before the period of time where you can, you know, take it out before retirement, you don't get, you don't get any taxes uh, taken out of it. Uh, so, you know, like for mine, I do, I do go with the, the regular one where you can put as much money as you want, uh, you know, it's tax, you know, tax free for now. And then, the, you know, there's also the option of the Roth where it gives you the opportunity to let the taxes come out so you don't have to be um, double taxed in a sense, which, which might be more comfortable for some people. Um, mm -hmm. And then the others who just want to get that maximum benefit uh, from the beginning. So either one is not, is, is not uh, there's no harm in going with either one. It's just a question of what you are comfortable with um, at the moment. And uh, for me personally, I just go with the one that I don't have to get taxed because I'll worry about it later. Just take <laughs> up <laughs> okay, you cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah, when I get there, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but more, more importantly, apart from, you know, the two differences, I will employ that uh, depending on, you know, your retirement, uh, there are different allocations that you need to go for in terms of uh, what you're invested in. Mm -hmm. to get the, the maximum benefit. So please make sure that you are in an allocation that's, you know, aggressive enough 
between now, you know, depending on, of course, uh, your time frame between now and retirement. So that way, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, the gap between what you're going to get between now and when you retire is not too, too large, because there is, there is a prediction of how much you would get paid every, you know, every month once you retire. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm at the most aggressive I can be uh, at the moment. Yes. And, and when you were saying earlier in the beginning, you talk about forecasting. Now, is there a certain percentage by age that one should think about putting away um, for their retirement? I'd say between ages of 20 to, to 40, what percentage do you think of their income they should be thinking about putting away that if they're retired 60, so, you know, 65, you know, break it down a little bit. What do you think that they need to start putting away at specific ages to get where they want to be, or it just depends on the individual and what they want. Yeah, so there are a few conditions that uh, come into play with that. So usually we'll go by you know the age range you just gave. So investment of people are age 25, um, I believe 30, 35 and 65. So when you are you know 25, 35, 40-ish, um, you know first one make sure you're taking advantage of the, ma the matching um, that, you know, if your company is offering it, please take advantage of the match, you know, because that's money that you don't want to leave on the table for one. And then uh, depending on, um, you know, how much you want to start off with, because some places you have to put in, you know, was it, uh, let's say 8% to get a 4% 4 match. Uh, so probably you want to be, you know, at fixed by, uh, you know, start off with 10. But determining the rate is a little bit tricky. So usually what I say is, although a little bit, it's a little bit challenging, right? Because uh, you, have, you have to build it over time. So me personally speaking, I'm, I'm at 17% of my, my income, but that's because I've used certain techniques over the, you know, the eight, nine year period of time I've been working. So anytime I got promoted, you know, I increased my percentage. Anytime they give us an annual increase, I increased my percentage. Mm -hmm. So any, you know, any of those things uh, you can do. But usually, you know, kind, I mean, and different articles will say different things, but you want to probably close to be double what you are, you're making salary uh, per se. And you also want to be uh, diversified in your portfolio. So some of the techniques have to be built over time. You don't. You definitely don't want to be shortchanging yourself uh, in your retirement, and of course, you know the only way to know that is if you sit down and actually review, you know, how much you're putting in and what investments you're in. Because within the investments, you do have to portion different um, levels to it. So, which is another conversation to have because it's a bit, you know, it's it's a it's a bit uh, in depth in that point. But in terms of the allocation, you do want to put a good amount. Take advantage of the match. I employ you if you do get any raises or you know any promotions, please increase it by one percent. So it becomes a habit, and then you won't be saying, "Well, I want that extra money in my paycheck," but you know the extra money goes a little bit longer or further when you put it in your retirement. So even that extra twenty dollars, thirty dollars, you're buying a little bit more in your retirement because it's it's based on uh, you know net asset value. So yeah, so I I know the technique works. I, I've seen it for myself. So. Um, other people, you know, I've, I've sat down with at work and make sure our new people who come in, you know, make sure they're allocated properly, 
yeah, they're doing the same thing I'm doing and they, and they see results. So mm -hmm. I, I, know it, I know it works for certain. So to restate what you just said, let me make sure I understand. For every increase or bonus you get, you should increase your withholding or your contribution by 1%? Yeah, by 1%. Okay. And, the, and the bonuses, if you do get bonuses, you can put that whole amount in your retirement because it gets taxed pretty heavily. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say always try, you know, because you, you, you figure... When, when you're aggressive and you're doing it, you know, five years, you probably would have doubled, you know, instead of, you know, waiting 10% probably goes to about, you know, mm -hmm. 12, 15% rather than, you know, waiting every two years or so every year it's going up. So it means you're putting a little bit more money in there, including the match that they're giving. Okay. It helps. It helps a lot. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. You have a question, Vivian? Um, well, I was going to ask. Um, so, do you have like um services that you offer? Is just basically what you tell people who come to you, and um, and ask you questions in regard to finances and investments, or do you have services that you do outside, or is just this is just your business? Okay, your company uh, that you work for. Uh no, I, I currently not yet. Um, I want probably down the road but just for now i do you know do help on the side uh, especially if people have questions about their retirement or you know with what i know uh, and if not i'll point them in the right direction so i don't i don't have yet personally hopefully soon uh, that's the, that's the next goal but i mean like i said before you know it doesn't hurt to you know help others uh, grow differently uh, than they are used to so because you know at the end of the day uh, finances are, you know, the bedrock of what we do. So, that um, mm -hmm. to eat, you know, sleep and and enjoy life, personally speaking. So, um, but yeah, but not yet. Hopefully soon. Okay. Are there um, classes like seminars or webinars or places where you could go and learn some? financial techniques or get a basic understanding not to come out as an accountant because I don't want to devalue what you do because I know you have to go to school for it not to come out as somebody who is very versed but versed enough so you have that working knowledge to you know adequately channel your resources or even when you go to um, an accountant or a financial advisor, you are able to follow what he's telling you. You have heard those words before. So everything doesn't look like um, French or yes. Italian, you know, so you have an understanding, oh, this is what he's saying. What do you recommend? Where could, could I go or people like listening out there to you where could they go to get the basic knowledge so i i, I would suggest something that i use um there's a there's a nice little show called uh, marketplace that comes on every you know monday through friday uh i think it's 6 six thirty on whyy uh, but you can find it on you know itunes or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast the good thing about marketplace uh, it does break down a lot of things, and it also talks about what's happening in your local and you know local economy and internationally. Mm -hmm. And then they also have 
um, different, uh, you know, topics apart from that marketplace podcast as well that helps, you know, helps you understand what other people are going through, what they've done to overcome finance, you know, finance hardships and, and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll, I'll suggest to start there because it's, it's really helpful um, you know, just to know what is going on in your own backyard and, you know, what's going on overseas. So that way you get, you know, you get acquainted with, uh, with different things. And like I said, they break it down pretty well. Um, Investopedia is another good place. Uh, you know, I, I, I encourage people to sign up for the, they have what is called like a, a daily word of the day, which is related to finance. So they'll, they'll give you different terms, define it very simple, you know, very simple. Uh, it's, it's, what is it called? Uh, Investopedia. It's a, it's a daily, it's a daily uh, email alert that comes from investopedia.com. I can't remember exactly the name, but it, it gives you different terms of the day that you can learn, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, in, you know, if there's, why there's a recession, you know, all these different things, uh, you know, different terms of assets and all these other stuff, some, are, you know, some terms that are normally used every day that, mm -hmm. that you probably would hear, but may not necessarily know exactly how they, how they play, but it breaks it down pretty well. So it's, it's a pretty good email to, you know, to get in your inbox and, uh, and, and read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, because, you know, sometimes when you are a novice, you, you are afraid of somebody knowing that you don't know. So you remain in ignorance. Right. And you only get deeper in debt rather than just um, face everything and rise. Face <laughs> <Yeah, they go. laughs> everything and run. You see, I yes. Just... Yes. yeah, we don't we don't want anybody running. We want you know we want them rising. Rise. Um, good, good. So, what were you saying? Well, you know, I guess we we could wrap up here. Unless you have another question, Zoma. You have another question? Not exactly, but I can find. I I want clarification. The marketplace on WHYY, which um, 6.30 to when? Oh, 6.30 to, to 7 p.m. It's only about 28 minutes. Okay, good. Yeah. And they have, oh, and by the way, they have one in the morning as well. Uh, I think 6, 6.50, 7.50. And you can always replay them, but those are the times that they come on. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good information. I didn't even know they had stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's it's very it's very you fall in, well. I don't say fall in love, but it's it's a good it's a good fall in love is uh. <laughs> it's, it's you a love good, that word, don't you? Yeah, that do it. <laughs> you love that word, love. <laughs> no, but it's, it's 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 something it's something good you enjoy. If you are if you don't want the finance to hit you too hard, that's a good place to go. I, I've I've been listening to it for years, so I I definitely you know has definitely given me a lot of development over the years. So I, right. I, I, I love listening. There's a question that I have been meaning to ask our different um, contributors to the program, and it's about taking out things like insurance and um, whether it's life insurance or, you know, some other type of term life, and, you know, you have all those... those the whole life, yeah, yeah life <laughs> uh, yeah. what's what are your thoughts about that in terms of 
been financially ready or secure? So the first thing, um, term life, uh, there's term life and there's whole life. Um, so the whole life basically has a, a savings element to it and it's a little bit more expensive than term life. So, you know, at times when you're signing up for insurance or life insurance, should we say, has, you know, different elements to it. Um, and then of course the rule of thumb is if you do have dependents, and not, not to say that if you don't have, you shouldn't get insurance, but if you do have dependents, you should go with term. Um, term. Honest, you should go with term, yeah. I mean, of course other people may have, um, may look at it differently. The, the reason being is that whole life is based on a, you know, a forecast of what the investment is going to return to you at a, at a specific time. And of course, it's it has a savings portion to it. The only problem is that the premium is very expensive uh, in comparison to term. The other issue is that no one can predict how an investment is going to go. So you will get, you know, the person telling you that, um, you know, by this age, you get this amount because it's based, it's, it's based on a schedule. And of course, you know, the market does this and that. <laughs> so it's not on a trajectory going up. So a lot of times the money that you're paying for the whole life is being eaten up by the fees. And of course, that reduces kind of like your return in a sense. Mm -hmm. Of course, the money that you're building up, if you don't get to a certain age, you will lose a lot of money when you, when you surrender the value of that policy. So for a family, uh, essentially, term life is better, right? It's more cost effective. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you can, you know, you can put investments in something else. You don't need to have whole life that has a savings portion. And of course, some whole life policies are a little bit more complicated than what I'm explaining. Mm -hmm. But um, you don't need anything that's you need to pay above a premium just to cover, you know, your family uh, with a term, life, you know, a term, a term policy. So whole life, whole life is a little bit popular, but I would say term, term is more, you know, is essential. It's, it's probably mm -hmm. the better, the better option. Uh, than whole life. So, what you have? Do you can you can you surrender the whole life and go to term, or it depends on the length of time you have it. No, you you can. The only issue is that whatever cash value you built, uh, you know, extra extraordinary fees will be taken out of it. That's the only problem. But you you can switch. You you can you know you can switch the you know the policy to term if you, if you have whole uh, whole mm -hmm. life. Um, it, 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 it is possible. It's just that you lose, you know, if you have put in a significant amount of money, there's a good chance you may, you may lose it in the end. And um, yeah, it's not, it's not as beneficial as, as it probably is described to be uh, for what it's, you know, what it's created for, should I say. Because, you know, you can, you can, you have other investments that you can, you can go into and you don't need, you don't need a savings element in insurance and an insurance product. You know, right. it's, more, it's more for you know preventative uh, purposes than you know for a money you know a cash flow what do you call it a cash flow opportunity wonderful wonderful i, I i've covered my questions um so for our audience out there you know we have given you a lot this month so much to think about and one of the things that I have learned that stands out to me is 
your age of retirement is not a fixed one. You can retire at any age if your investment is right. I love that. Vivalyn, over to you, my co-host. Yes. So any final word, y'all, um, you would have for our audience that you think that we should, you know, you would want to say what you think that you, you wouldn't get a chance to say. Any final words? Uh, well, no, no, no uh, not necessarily. Just, you know, you know, keep keep encouraged, you know, work with, you know, teach one, what's that? Teach one, reach one, right? So we teach each other, you know, we keep in the fight, you know, there's always hope. Uh, the most important thing is to start. If you don't start, you know, it's like going to the gym. You have to be committed. You know, going to the gym is not going to make you healthy. So you need to go in there, get to work, roll up your sleeves, have the right tools, you know, have the right information and, and don't be afraid to ask. Uh, I think one of the, you know, the things I've learned is uh, you don't have to do things alone, but do ask when you're not sure because the more time, you know, the more, the more time that goes, right, you you could have accomplished a lot more had you, you know, sought the, the help. And of course, platforms like this, which we appreciate a lot, um, is very, 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 very helpful. I can't emphasize that point any further. Um, so we're, we're grateful for platforms like, the, like these and, you know, people like you letting us and teaching us uh, in a sense so that way we can, you know, pass it on to each other. Well, thank you. We really appreciate you coming on yes. and, and educating us on budgeting and investments and what the things that we should look for and not to look at investment as um, the bad thing or a negative thing, but to look at it as a love affair, according to you. <laughs> so, and then when you said about iron sharpens iron, um, that portion of money, you know, when you be around individuals that have the same mindset that we can able to go around them to shop, sharpen each other in growing in our finances and growing in having a better future. I really love that. That's really good. And, and I didn't even know about those other places that one can go, which um, I'm sure Bill Murray wrote them all down, the marketplace and the investment um, Expedia, right? Uh, Investopedia, yep. Investopedia, yeah. So um, we just really appreciate all the, the, the information that you've given us. And thank you once again for coming on the show. This is Life Chat with Bill. Bill. Oh, Vilma, do you want to tell them where they can reach us? I'm sorry, because I know that's a favorite part to do. <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you can always reach us at all the podcast indications there is. And also Life Chat with Bill at gmail.com and also our Facebook page and also our YouTube channel. So we really appreciate you guys for listening and really appreciate our guests for coming on this month on Talking About Finances. And this is Live Chat with Bill. Goodbye.